Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. I am sitting here with James Twyman right now, and we're excited to have a little talk about what he's been up to lately. Yes. Uh, welcome to Soundings Radio TV podcast, and however else we want to spread the what word. What an honor to be here. Yay. Well, we've known James for a long time. Um, he's been one of our favorite piece of music troubadours. I remember when you showed up at Bellingham a few years ago with your big bus. It said, yeah. Music on. Right. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just uh, want to um, kind of catch people up with what you've been up to lately. Um, maybe we'll start with uh, your current album and book, or mm-hmm. particularly uh, about St. Francis. Yeah. So perhaps you want to tell us about Well, that. I'm on a, t- a book tour right now, kind of a book musical tour, a little bit of both. I have a book that just came out called Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis. And it's a novel. And when I was preparing to go on tour with that, I thought, I don't want to just go out and talk about a novel. That's hard to talk about. So I wanted to do something that would bring people into the experience of who St. Francis was. Of course, most of us know St. Francis of Assisi as the birdbath saint, you know, with <laughs> all the bath. animals. That's <laughs> the romanticized version of him, but he's so much more. So I actually wrote a one-man musical called The Passion of St. Francis. It's soon going to be called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon because it's actually in February of next year going to Broadway. It'll be uh, a two-week run in New York next year. Uh, but I'm traveling all over the country and all over the world this year uh, sharing that. And it was my version of what would St. Francis say if he was sitting here amongst us? And what could we learn not only about his time, but about our own? Because there are a lot of similarities, I think, in the time of you know 800 years ago when he lived and when we are alive today. So it was such a beautiful experience for me, not only to write the book, but then to write and now share this musical I've always had a deep love of St. Francis. When I was 18, I left home and became a Franciscan. And now in my, I guess, older life, I'm, uh, I was consecrated as a Franciscan hermit, which is hard to imagine, <laughs> me as a hermit. Like a hermit to me. I know, but when I'm alone, I'm a hermit. Yeah. And uh, you know, he grabs hold of you because of his simplicity, his humility, his, his desire to give everything. And, those are qualities that I think are very important today. So I'm sharing this book and sharing the musical and I'm having some really amazing fun times. Great. Well, I have another book of yours about St. Francis too. So you have that. Yeah. Years ago, I I wrote a book. It was originally called Portrait of the Master and then The Prayer of St. Francis. So this is actually this. Oh, there it is. The the, the second book that I've written about St. Francis. Well, it makes a lot of sense. You have been traveling all over the world as a piece of music troubadour. And I mean, I'm amazed that you go to some seriously intense places like Syria and Iraq and Bosnia and Korea and Northern yes. Ireland and South Africa and all sorts of places. And, mm-hmm. and what, what, do you do, what do you do there? What are you trying to accomplish there? Well, I should say first that uh, this is an auspicious moment because it was... 
25 years ago, maybe today, that that started. Uh, what happened was a friend gave me a sheet of paper that had the peace prayers from all the different major religions of the world, 12 major religions. These were prayers that had been prayed in Assisi, the home of St. Francis, back in 1986, when Pope John Paul II called all the leaders of the different religions, the Dalai Lama and all the others, to Assisi to pray their peace prayer. It was very significant. And when my friend gave me this sheet of paper, and I read it for the first time, each one, I would hear music and picked up my guitar, and within one hour, I put all 12 of the prayers to music. And that's where it all started. That was 25 years ago. And since On your birthday 25 years it ago? It was right around, like a day or two from my birthday, 25, because today is my birthday. <laughs> and I knew that it was a gift, and it was one that was meant to be shared. At that time, I just had this vision of being this penniless troubadour, like St. Francis, and traveling around sharing these prayers and... I started getting invited to countries at war. The first was Croatia and Bosnia during the war there in the mid-90s, and many others. I was invited by Saddam Hussein in 1998 to come to Iraq. <laughs> Very recently, uh, as you said, a concert on the DMZ between North and South Korea. Uh, it was only a few months ago. Before that, actually doing an event on a hill looking down on a village in Syria held by ISIS. So the question you asked was why? And because, number one, there's something empowering about knowing that one of our brothers or sisters is there, actually witnessing this mm -hmm. and calling the rest of us together in prayer. I have found out through all of these years that this joined affirmative prayer is not only powerful, but I believe to be the most powerful force in the whole universe. And I can give example after example of when millions of people have come together during these major prayer vigils when I'll be in one of these countries that miracles have happened. Um, I'll just give you one, one example. It was when I was in uh, Iraq and... It was at a time when we were beginning a bombing campaign against the Iraqi people. And I was there, and what we didn't know was that at the same time that we called people together to pray, that President Clinton at that time had ordered the bombing to begin. And to this day, no one knows quite what happened, but the bombing was going to begin at the same time millions of people were, were together to pray and to hold that vibration. <laughs> And he ordered the, the jets into the air. They launched from their, uh, their aircraft carriers. They were in the air waiting for the final order to begin dropping the weapons. And for some reason, President Clinton ordered them back to the, the aircraft carriers. About two hours later, did it again and ordered them back again. And it was very confusing because no one knew why he held back. All I know is that it happened at the same time. There were millions of people holding that vibration of peace. And there have been time and time again we've seen this happen. So that's the reason to, to, to call people together. You know, St. Francis was someone also who would go to where it was happening. During the Crusades, he actually went to visit the, the Sultan Al-Kamil who... If you, you guys were at the musical last night, so you remember one part of it was that the Sultan Al-Kamil had said uh, at one time that he would give a Byzantine gold coin to any Muslim who would bring him the head of a Christian. 
So this was very serious. So Francis, being who he was, said, that's where I'm going. I'm going to talk to the Sultan. Everyone thought this would be the end of this little man from Assisi, but he was so inspiring to the Sultan that he not only let him live, but gave him this horn, uh, ivory horn to carry throughout the entire Islamic world, giving him protection. That's the miracle of peace, of prayer, of music. And it, it takes us to places that just talking never will. Wow, that's amazing. I'm impressed. Well, we need all the prayers we can get in this day and we age. Do. And we're grateful that you're out there on the road and you're, and you're doing it. You've written how many books? 16, 16 now. 16 books, New York Times. But this is the first books. one in seven years because I just said, I'm not going to write another book until I have to meaning that it's bursting to be released. And Giovanni in the Camino of St. Francis, I, I sat with the story for years and played with it. We talked about making it into a movie, um, but I finally said, okay, this is a book, and I wrote the whole thing in a couple of months. So it, I'm really happy with it. Great. Well, it's exciting. So what other um, projects do you have? I understand you're building an intentional community down in Mexico. So yeah. Tell us about that. Well, Namaste Lake Chapala. Uh, Lake Chapala, Mexico is near Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. There's a town called Ajijic. It's actually the number one expat community for Americans and Canadians. So filled with people like us and very conscious people as well. Mm -hmm. And so about a year and a half ago, I bought this beautiful 12-bedroom facility. It was filled just like that. And we call it a non-dual peace community. And the idea is to bring the non-dual teachings of many traditions together to, to show how we're all saying the same thing. And the peace prayers are a big part of that. And uh, so it's, it's really an interreligious center. And we just, the, the 12 bedrooms have been filled constantly. We, we're in the midst of finishing up, building 12 casitas. It'll be done in about a month, uh, then 10 more. So we're going to have over 30-something units. So these are like little tiny homes on the yeah, property? That yeah, little 400-square-foot casitas that uh, people live in. And uh, there are some that are kind of transient, transient. Others are people living there permanently. We get together every morning at 9.30. It's a beautiful, beautiful community and center. So anyone who wants more information, they can just go to namastelakechapala.com. All right. And what are some other um, things that people can learn once they get down there? What are they going to be involved in? Well, um, it's a good question because we, we want to keep it open and loose but vibrant. Mm -hmm. Very, every morning when we get together in the morning, we don't play around. We, we take it to the top. And the idea is we're not, you know, I think we're all here for a reason. None of us are here by accident. So let's activate that. Let's be passionate about this. Let's really do this. So that morning session sort of sets the tone for the whole day. And then there are other things that go on, dances, meditations, and classes that people can be in part of as well. Many people from the community, uh, larger community, come in to be with us as well. So it's loose, but it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's very vibrant. Does it have a central gathering place yeah. down there? Yeah, a couple. Wow. One's being finished. There's an indoor one that's being finished. But everything's outdoor because it's, it's the warm. second best weather in the world. Well, yeah. we like that. What's the first best? Somewhere in Africa, strangely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> According to National Geographic. Well, you've been you've been also, you, so you write books, you build community, you tour the world. Um, you've also done some films. Tell mm -hmm. us about your film work. Oh goodness! Um, first of all, 
I'm going to just ask you to do me a favor. If I ever come to you and say I'm making another movie, stop me. <laughs> Go back to Mexico. Stop, stop me. <laughs> Too much work. I have had so much fun, but it is so much work. It and it is work. so much risk in terms of financial. But I have had a great, um, uh, great fun. First movie I was ever part of, I wrote and produced a movie called Indigo that was shown in all over the world about the indigo children. That, that yeah. was fantastic. Uh, my favorite movie that I've ever produced and wrote and written was a movie called Redwood Highway, a film that stars uh, Shirley Knight and Tom Skerritt. We shot it in Oregon. It's a beautiful movie. It was shown all over the U.S. in theaters. as a small independent film, but still a, a, a nice movie. And and then there have been others. The Moses Code was a well-known film. I, I, Tell us about The Moses Code. That was a book and a movie. Yeah, uh, The Moses Code book and movie are about that story of Moses at the burning bush and when God gave him the name. In Hebrew, Ehieh, Asher Ehieh, or I am that, I am. And it's a powerful code. People don't realize that. That is all about creating miracles. So I wrote the book and then made the movie. And I, I should say that both the book and the movie were in part a reaction to another movie that had just come out called The Secret. I saw that film and I thought, oh boy, something needs to come out to take this away from the what I call the ego's law of attraction. Oh, I want a big new car. I want a big yeah. Fancy How house. do I use spiritual How law to I, get more stuff? I know, I know. That was always my problem with it was, people misunderstanding the point of the law of attraction. Yeah, it, attraction. it's all about what what my ego wants, and it needed to become to come back to the soul. Mm -hmm. And the, what I always say is that the ego and the soul both have a mantra. The mm -hmm. ego's mantra is I am, I'm, excuse me, I, I, got want. It wrong. I want, <laughs> I want. I was gonna and say. the soul's is I am. Mm -hmm. And so the Moses Code was meant to bring it back to the soul's law of attraction. When we made the movie, the funny thing is that it was finished, it was getting ready to be released in about three or four hundred locations, and about a month before it was finished, I showed it to a few people, one of whom was a, a documentary director himself. And the people I was with said, eh, it's okay. Like, what do you mean, okay? Well, my, I my worked for a year. I know, I thought <laughs> it needs to be more than okay. And this gentleman said, uh, it's okay, but, but if we focused in for two weeks and worked nonstop, we could make this something special. It was a hard decision, but I said yes. And the person who did it, his name is Drew Harriet, and he was the director of The Secret. <laughs> so you, you knew that at the time. Oh, yeah. And like, it, okay, it just started that. off with me having this thing about The Secret, and then Drew and I End up ended up working together. together. Wow. And can people view these movies somewhere? Yeah. Uh, um, What's the best The Moses Code. Them? Well, you know, one really great place is Gaim TV. Gaim All of TV. them are on Gaim. Mm -hmm. uh, and... That's really the best because I think all of my films are on Gaim now, so you can watch them there. Okay, and what's the best website to find you and where we would find people would find out about your books and your yeah. movies and your tours? What would be the best? The best place is worldpeacepulse.com. Okay. We were just talking before about how jamestwyman.com, which was my site for years, was stolen. Uh -oh. I'm trying <laughs> to get it back. So until then, worldpeacepulse.com. Mm -hmm. uh, my schedule, as you know, I'm traveling all over sharing the book and the musical, and then Broadway next year. I'll be doing the musical in Assisi for a couple of weeks uh, later this year. Be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's such fun. I feel so fortunate.
What are your, um, how are you listed on social media? Is it James Twyman? Yeah, well, if you go to, to Facebook, you? James Twyman author or okay. James Twyman, the Moses Code, okay. you'll find me there. Okay. Well, what other, um, I mean, that sounds like you were doing more than many people in their whole lifetime. And what, what other projects? And yet I call myself a hermit. <laughs> I know, he wants to be a hermit. Right? Well, I remember when you were, had been a monk, and then you decided not to do that in that form, and uh -huh. then you were going to be a monk again. And yep. But what I saw last night in the, in the play, in the musical, was that you are, you are a monk, and that that's your way of communicating yeah. uh, your understanding of spirit and, and the spiritual path. Yeah. So. I've always been drawn to a very contemplative, mystical path. I think many of us have. And yet we also find ourselves very active in the world and called to, to, to do different things. And there are ways of, of bringing them together. So that's what I'm trying to do. In Mexico, that's easier. Um, I have my little hermitage there that I can retreat to, uh, but still in the midst of a big community. So it's okay to be challenged in these things because uh, it's that that challenge that makes it fun and makes it really interesting for people. Well, it seems like um, your community down there sounds <coughs> like it'll be perfect for um, people maybe even wanting to retire oh. there or oh, something yeah. like that. So you're probably uh, going to be connecting with a lot of people, baby boomers or yep. people who have reached retirement. They had their whole life. Now they're going, what did I do? I earned a living. I got a mortgage. I had the car, the yep. house, everything. But something was missing in my life. So mm -hmm. it's... How are you um, providing a, a sort of an alternative or, or next stepping point for people like that who really want to make their lives meaningful? At well, this point? all of these casitas are, for the most part, for people who are retired. Not necessarily retired, but, you know... Don't need to go to do a like, job. Yeah, it's hard to do that in Mexico. Uh, but we have the more transient part of the community where people can come in and rent rooms but the casitas are meant for people who say that I want to be here this is my age in place community mm -hmm. but to be part of a spiritual community to be supported to be in a place that is far less expensive much more adventurous all of that uh, and it's just a sweet environment I love living in a Mexican community it's safe it's you know the food is great uh yeah, it's, it's been a real gift being there. But you're on the West Coast, too. You live in Portland, yeah. In Portland. Yeah, I, I live part-time in Portland I heard you as live well. you in a tiny home in Portland. I, I, I built a tiny home in my backyard, so my daughter and her family can have the house, and oh. I just stay in the backyard. Hey, Dad, you want to go, <laughs> go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> and you're rolling around the country in a sort of a, a nice, comfortable little... Yeah, not quite the bus that you first saw me in, that but... That was a big one. But that was a big looks, bus. The one I saw last night looks a little more... Doable. Oh, yay. Well, uh, we're just honored to be here with you. and, and love Well, I have loved the work that you guys have done for so many decades, and I've always felt very aligned. So I was so grateful when you invited me to come and be part of this. Yeah. Well, um, there's just a lot we share in common. Our path is um, similar, and our motto has always been peace through music. Mm -hmm. So for just to meet someone like you who's sort of taken that on, and not, not only just with your music, but going out and doing these major events around yes. the world and taking the risk to go to a, a sort of a dangerous place and then bring peace. I mean, that's that's kind of amazing, I think, and I just applaud you for that. And we're Thank grateful you. that you're and, and still out there. After how about young people? Years. Are you working with young people? We Whenever get possible. The young people trained because this yeah. is a, we got to get the next generation. Yeah, we out sure there. do. 
Yeah, we and music is a great way to do that, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger people want the experience. They they want vibrancy. They don't want you just to hear people talking. And so that's one thing that we all align in is the music has a unique way of entering into our hearts that is uh, less intellectual. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be doing um, movies down in your Mexican uh, community there, or we do small ones where we can see what it looks like? Yeah, yeah. There, there are some films that already some of our sessions, and when I get back, I'm going to do an updated movie to show the whole. Uh, community and all the new tiny houses and everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna keep that place moving really fast and very deep. Did you do a movie with Neil Donald Walsh? That was Indigo. Oh, that was the yeah. Indigo mm-hmm. one. Okay, so Indigo we, is explain what Indigo well, children are. Well, Indigo children are believed to be. Uh, I think it's just a product of of spiritual evolution. You know, the work that we've mm-hmm. all been doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has brought about children who are now young adults who are activated on a very deep, high level. And so that movie was one of the first uh, products to really illustrate that. We, we did that film, which was a feature film, and we also did a documentary uh, called Indigo Evolution. And yeah, th- so that was my focus 15 years ago or so. Well, I can't wait to see what the next 15 years is going to bring. It's, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> yeah. So we really enjoy hearing you and Dean play the Prayer of St. Francis. Mm-hmm. It's always been a, a kind of a theme in our, yes. in our world as well. So anything else you would like to um, tell the world? Plans, oh. dreams, hopes? Um, what can people do? How can people get involved? How can people help um, this process that we're engaged in? Yeah. First of all, just say yes. Just commit. Give everything. I mean, I think one of the issues we have is we try and do too many things and then we get lost. Just focus in on the thing that's most important, which is peace. And that's going to going to have lots of different expressions. But, but, if, but if we come back to that core of what we're all longing for, which is peace and love, uh, and then just find your unique way of expressing that. Of course, every moment we have an opportunity just by looking into each other's eyes and seeing that. And if we can just give that every moment we can think of it, then our lives change automatically. So you're really putting action into the words oh, peace and love because, yeah. I mean, those seem like cliches to people, but yeah, when they're we not. were, no, they're not. And they take action and they mm-hmm. take commitment and they take being willing to forgive they sure do. and to keep moving forward uh, in life. They so. sure do. Yes. Well, thank you, James Twyman. Thank you. So great to be with all of you and the beautiful music and everything you guys produce here. Thank you. And you can learn more about our podcasts and TV and all that stuff on soundings.com, our website, and then worldpeacepulse.com. 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 So catch you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.